0: afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves, December 22nd, Tim, 2023. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Christmas is around the corner. You gotta love this time of year. How are you? You're up in Boston?
1: I am, yep. I drove up uh, the last couple days. Long day on Wednesday. It was about 11 hours in the car. Um, But we made it. We're home. We're celebrating with family. It's good to be back. How are you doing? Good. Does the dog sit shotgun or in the back? in the back he was he was so good he slept for like the whole time the last hour hour and a half he was finally started crying he was like i've had enough i can't do it anymore and that by that point it's like we're in rhode island and there's finally traffic we were cruising all day because it was rush hour at that point um but he was good yeah he came up with me
0: you a podcast guy you listen to a book on tape or music or just quiet and you just meditate the whole time
1: uh, just silent, just focused on the road, you know? No, I listen to a lot of music, a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, no radio, you know, way to
0: give a really obscure answer a little bit. I, mean, I listen to everything. I
1: guess when you have 11
0: hours, you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I listen to some Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, a lot of like, uh, I don't know, modern news podcasts, catching up on the world and stuff. doesn't you know? want to give us political
0: leanings to gotta us. Stay, gotta stay current. He's, he's not telling us he's listening to some socialist junk. Right, Tim? No, no. No, no not you. Who's not the show you? brought to you by, John? Give Better. Capitalist company. Why? You don't like that? You want everybody to have them. the same amount of money? It is brought to you them. by Give Better. You should go to their website, www.givebetter.com. Check them out. They're a fantastic company. Tim keyed me up here. But they don't need any introduction really. it's a fantastic idea. You go there, you do your bets because you're gonna bet. Everybody bets. You pick a team, just say you pick the Red Wings over the Hawks, you lose because the Hawks win. Twenty-five percent of your losses goes to a good cause, a charity, you're doing a good thing. Go to givebetter.com, check them out. If they ask who sent you, tell them we sent you. Give us a little bump. You know what I mean? They like that. So go do us a favor. Givebetter.com. Everybody's going to bet. Let's do it through Givebetter. Gives them a chance to do nice things with the money, right? Help the world out, Tim.
1: Speaking of bumps, there was a little little tiny quiet but not so quiet incident on the last episode.
0: Wasn't quiet. One of our (laughs) listeners, many of our listeners, if you're not watching on YouTube, I don't know what you're doing. Unless you have to listen to us in the car. Check it out on YouTube. You're missing a lot, even if it's just in the background. It's great to see my face. Somebody pointed out that I had a little um slip on the back end midway through the podcast about fifteen minutes in it was very funny. I didn't notice it um but it was it was a loud one. I let one rip and then like ten seconds afterwards, it looked like I got a smell of it, and I just kind of like ooh, was impressed by my by my rip. What was the guy's name who said it on the chat he I, I I clipped it out it was B Norton face he said John pooped his shorts at 1550 and gets a surprising whiff thirty seconds later Tim also said solid production at the moment it started it's just very funny check it out if you haven't seen it because it's it's embarrassing but everybody it's just like the kid's book everybody poops right everybody does it.
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny, and I did notice it, and I just kept going, because I didn't want to get off topic, didn't want to embarrass you, but as I'm thinking about it, you would have stopped the show and called me out if I had done it,
0: correct? Well, the presses, yeah, well, for sure. These yeah. mics, you guys, that we have, they pick up everything, like everything. Like, my mic is a long way from my bum. I just picked it up. It was like I was right beside it, and it was amazing. So good. They, we do it for you guys, you know what I mean? I blame our editor Patrick, he should have uh, (laughs) clipped that out. He's got to catch that stuff. Uh I want to talk with him in the new year. You know what I mean, Tim? There goes his Christmas bonus. (laughs) That's right. Letting that stuff slip through. I'll take it instead. Yeah. All right, moving on, Tim. You you brought something to our (laughs) attention. Dylan Larkin made some comments. What has he got to say?
1: Yeah, he's back with the team, and he was asked about the incident, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and Perron's revenge, and this whole incident. And he said, first of all, you know, I have nothing against uh, Matthew Joseph. He plays in the edge; that's what he feels like he has to do. You know, it's not personal. But then he said, watching it back, I wasn't really doing anything. I was trying to make a play on the puck, just standing there. How do you protect yourself? Who's protecting you? There's a lot of unanswered questions in our sport right now, talking about protecting himself. And he goes next the last week in the league has been pretty eye-opening it's kind it's been kind of a trend i've talked to guys on our team guys on other teams it's hard to feel safe out there it's hard to know how to protect yourself i truly believe we have the best refs in the world i just think it's the message being sent down from the top is what is what is safe and what is not and how to discipline there's a lot of questions there and it's kind of scary as a player so first of all for him to say this dylan larkin being who he is he's never in the press He's never outspoken. He's never been like one to complain. So for the fact that he's speaking up and talking about, you know, he's he's saying it's the refs. He's saying it's from the top of the league. And he's saying without saying the players aren't able to protect protect each other and themselves anymore. So the league has to do it and they're not doing it, which is exactly what you said two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, it's, it's wild that he doesn't feel safe because that's he, he's their best player, right? And so if he's going on the ice and he doesn't feel safe, that's, that's an issue. So if he doesn't feel comfortable going back and getting a puck or going into a corner or going in front of the net or going in the areas of play where you need to go to be successful, all of a sudden you turn Dylan Larkin to a perimeter player, and that's not successful. He needs to use his speed. He needs to get in dangerous areas to score points. That's where the goals are scored. It's, it's a big deal. He is a top, what do you think, 25 player in the league, top 35 I wouldn't call him a superstar but he's he's a captain of the Detroit Red Wings that carries some weight with it like you said he doesn't usually talk much he's very reserved he's quiet so for him to come out and say this it's it should be eye-opening to the the higher-ups in the NHL they're not protecting their players and for him to say we have the best refs in the world that's laughable it's absolutely laughable but he I think he's just trying to ease the message a little bit hey the refs are great but they're terrible they're not policing the game like they should what's what's the remedy for this tim is there a way to to like have someone in the lineup to protect a star player like a dylan larkin what would make him feel safe going on the ice
1: i don't know should he have a knife (laughs) some weapons maybe yeah Uh, maybe weapons in the form of a a line mate, a teammate, someone else that can do that. You know, it's funny. I was looking at this this morning and I was watching a video from, uh, the show that Darren McCarty does on wherever, wherever that is in Detroit. And you know how he feels about, he's very outspoken. You know, the players need to be able to protect themselves. They need, you get rid of the enforcers. This is what happens. And so, um, I don't know, there's really no going back. Like Bettman's not going to change the rules, invite those types of players back into the game. Mm -hmm. So what do you do if you're and it, it has to be player safety. That's where I think is like the deterrent. Yeah. There's no it has other to be option an actual right now. deterrent. And yeah. it's it's not they're not doing it. No one's afraid of player safety.
0: Well, A there's no consistency. So there's there's no set standards on what is a suspension and what is not a suspension because we see time and time again one play is a game or two games and the next play that is very similar if not the exact same play is a 2 minute penalty no other and, and penalty at all so there has to be some kind of sus- consistency as hard as that is because hockey's an ever-changing game there has to be some kind of just set rules there and then it has to be imp- implemented that's the thing there, there there's nothing there it's so frustrating for the players who go out there and dylan larkin's saying it and he's like i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna get buried from behind and nothing's gonna happen i'm gonna go out not saying that joseph did anything wrong but He is now having that in the back of his head where he's going to be a target because players know there will be no suspension. So it's just bad. The refs have to police it, and then Peros has to do a better job. It's like when they implemented the new hooking rules and the new clutching and grabbing rules through the neutral zone. There was a feeling out period from the players. But what did they do? They came in and they dropped the hammer. They called it so incredibly strict when they put that rule in. Anytime your stick went up near someone's waist, it was a penalty. Anytime you touched some guy's bottom hand with your stick, it was a hooking penalty. It didn't matter. It was a penalty all across the league. So I knew if I went into a rink at Arizona or if I went into a rink in Montreal or if I was in my home rink in Chicago, it was a penalty no matter where I was, no matter what player I did it on. And it lasted the whole season. So players got used to it. They expected it and they moved on. Yes, nobody liked it. Because you had to change the complete way you played since you were a little kid you, you were learning how to can opener and take his hands away and this and that you had to just drastically change how you play but the refs were consistent they didn't waver all the way through the playoffs this isn't like it right now a guy will go and bury somebody he'll catch his head it's five games a week and a half later the same play will be had it'll be a five that's it a guy will hit someone from behind it'll be nothing like the good branson penalty And then two minutes, two games later or the same day, nothing will happen. It's just so, there's no rhyme or reason, Tim, at all. What needs to happen is Paros and the league and the refs just have to say, we have to go overboard here. If this is how we want to do it, if we want to really police the game, anything that's borderline, we got to call it five in a game and you're gone. And then we got to suspend these guys because we have to send a message because right now there's, there's no message. There's there's nothing that's going to come from a fringe player who's being called up, making an impact, saying I'm going to blow this guy up. I have to make an impact on this team. There's a good chance he's not going to be suspended. Whereas if he comes up and he knows, boom, you're gone. Like that's the thing. The players have no fear, unless you're a skill guy because you know you're a target. Because maybe I get suspended, maybe I don't. If I do this play, there's a good chance I don't. So that's the only that's the only way I see it happening is that the league really just hammers down. Unfortunately. It's a crappy kind of last resort, but they painted themselves into this corner. There's nothing else they can do.
1: Right. And they need to make an example of someone. And doesn't it feel like the next time, you know, a fourth liner or a sixth defenseman or an AHL call up crosses the line, they're going to throw the whole book at them? They're like, they're yeah. not going to do it to, to Matthew Joseph. You know what I mean? They're not going to do it to David Perron. They're not going to do it to Good Branson. But they're the next guy that they have, they, they don't, you know, really care that much about. They're going to make an example out of them. That's what they're kind of waiting for, which is it makes sense in a way. But it's also like you shouldn't have to wait for this to get your message across. You know, there has to be another way. But it feels like that's that's where we're headed.
0: Well, it's reactionary. You never want to feel like you're suspending from like a deficit. You're trying to catch up for all the mistakes you've made. And it's not the way to do business. You're supposed to be the one setting the precedent. It's like, OK, you nail this guy from behind. That's five games, man. I'm sorry. He didn't get hurt he did get hurt I don't care that's five games you could have really hurt him and that's the precedent you make it so okay if you see his back for two or three seconds and you have a chance to let up or not hit him it's five games I'm sorry that's it even if you rub him out even if he falls in even if it's a nothing play there's no ifs ands or buts about it so something needs to happen in that regard there's a high stick you stick someone like, um, who was the Bruins who got stick? Frederick got stuck from Truba. I don't care what the situation is. You have to be in control of your stick. I don't care if it was an accident. I don't care if it was a follow-through with a shot. I don't care if someone lifted your stick. You were in control of your stick. If you hit someone from the neck up, it's two games at least. That's it. No way, ands, or buts about it. And then, And you start from there. And then once that precedent is set, and you do that for a year, then you tweak it. Then you go back and you say, okay, well, maybe that's too much. Maybe we do this instead of it being three seconds in the back. It has to be, you know, a little bit longer because there's too, there's too many suspensions. But you have to set the precedent first. You can't leave it up to people to decide what's right and what's wrong. Everything has to be wrong right away. And then you go back and you make your adjustments because now it's like, who knows? We saw so. I wish I had the list. There were so many hits from behind. Guys were eating dasher boards. One guy gets a five in a game, the other guy gets a two, one guy gets a five that gets rescinded, and that was the worst penalty of all of them. And he gets a two minute. It was the Good Branson one. Or no, there was it, it was so many, Tim. It just it's mind blowing. But that's what I think. I'm no genius here, but that to me seems like it would work. You just go heavy handed. I'm unfortunately, because the the players can't police themselves. Who's Detroit gonna get? Who's gonna scare anybody there's no one in in the minor leagues or in the junior ranks anymore The fighting is done like you said they can't reverse it you can't all of a sudden go okay we're getting rid of the instigator who's gonna there's nobody tough nobody tough in the whl or ohl or the q there's never anybody tough in the q it's just it's non-existent so you made your bed gary this is it you have one of your star players in the league not a superstar star one of your star players in the league is telling you he feels s- scared to go on the ice. Isn't that bizarre?
1: What does this quote get to Gary? Does Gary care oh, about Larkin saying? Like, what, how does he react to this? Gary doesn't care about
0: Larkin. He cares about the optics of this to the world. Yeah. He could care less about the players. He wants to paint the NHL as the best league in the world with the best players and everything's run smoothly. This is telling everybody that his players are scared to play the game. And at the end of the day, he is responsible for that. He could care less about any player ever. Well, Larkin could take a hundred mile an hour slap shot to the face. Batman wouldn't even make a comment. And Not that he should, but this makes him look bad. So he cares about that.
1: The best part of this quote, he says, I'm talking to guys on our team. And I'm talking to guys on other teams and they're all saying the same thing. Like, that's, that's the part, and that's the part that he was probably very clear to get across. He's like, yep. this is not just me reacting to being hurt last week. This is yep. a, a problem across the whole league. I love that. And I'm part.
0: not advocating for enforcers, but I will say this. When I played, across the board, all of my top, my, my top scorers, my, my guys, they would always, not always, because sometimes they wouldn't do it, but for the most part, they would say, it's so nice having you on our team. I, I distinctly remember Thomas Vanek after the season. He had a great season. He goes, it's so nice having you on my team. Nobody touches me. And they played in a tough division with Toronto and Boston and Ottawa and all those goon squads out east. And he's like, I haven't been touched all season. It's, it feels great. And I'm like, hell yeah. You know what? I did my job. So for those of you who think that it doesn't have an impact and these guys wouldn't be swayed by having some meat in the lineup, you're absolutely wrong. Come at me and debate me if you've played in the NHL for seven or eight years, and we can have this conversation. But for all those lucky lose who bring up some stat, well, this guy got ran and there was a tough guy in the lineup. Stuff happens. But across the board, it does act as a deterrent. I've had GMs, I've had coaches, I've had owners say, we watch hundreds of games, and when you're in the lineup, the other team plays different. Suck on those rocks people who think fighting doesn't make a difference or having someone in the lineup isn't a deterrent i did it i know it works just because there's no fight doesn't mean that i didn't stop a fight so beat it because i know there's all there's people who listen to this podcast saying ah well you played this game and this guy got ran it does happen not as often not as often i'll say that so there you go
1: Okay, well, let's move on to another topic here. Another really interesting quote from a player speaking to the media. This is Devin Tays in Colorado, who struggled a little bit, to call the Avalanche have a little bit. And Tays calls out his players, his teammates, without naming names, in a really interesting way. He says, quote, I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating to play out there when you got guys that think they're playing well and you have no idea what play they're going to make or where they're going to be on the ice. It's tough to play in this league when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. I don't remember a quote like this before. This is usually in, you know, these are behind closed door comments. What first? Yeah. What are your uh, immediate reaction to this? Who is it?
0: Right. (laughs) It's not Nishuskin. It's not McKinnon. It's not Rantanen. It's not Ross Colton. It's not Logan O'Connor. They've been his teammates for a long time. It's one of the new guys. Right? You think so? But. Oh, 100%. He ain't saying this about the first line.
1: No, Not a well, the first line's playing well. Like, Nate's playing well. Rantanen's playing well. But Logan O'Connor. the hottest O'Connor, line in hockey. He has eight points, Logan O'Connor, this year. So it, it could be him.
0: No, Lake, I think this Lake, is Drew and points. Johansson and Olafson. Those three guys. And Wood, That's maybe. Those three. And who? Miles Wood. He's maybe got Miles got Wood. But Miles seems points. like a lunch pail type guy. <laughs> well they just got rid of one of the guys Tatar. so it might have been him mm-hmm. who you thought was a great signing it's gonna be fantastic you're you're, <laughs> you're just funny it's one of those three guys i would think because it ain't his deep partner you think it's kale mccarr uh huh. this is a this is a bold statement tim you're absolutely right i've never heard anything like this to basically tell your teammates hey you think you're good you suck like do better like let's go I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. The guys who he's talking to that we're just guessing that are the guys, they're not going to listen to him. You think You think Jonathan Drouin hasn't been critiqued anymore? That hasn't been critiqued at all, Devin Taves? This guy's been a punching bag his whole career, and he hasn't changed one iota. You think Ryan Johansson's going to change after being in Nashville and signing that big ticket and having all these expectations and getting bought out or whatever happened to get him to call out He ain't going to change. I think he's talking directly to those two guys. It's hilarious. They're not going to yeah. change at
1: all. Well, so the, the Avalanche are still second in the central, but they're not playing very well. They've been playing 500 hockey over the last five, six weeks. And so hopefully this gives them a little kick in the butt. I wonder if this sparks some, you know, conversations in the locker room. Hopefully it did. And I hope like he, you'd like to think that he's also calling these guys out personally. And maybe it didn't work but I hope you don't go to the media before you have a conversation with your own teammate. You know,
0: that's not, I have to tread lightly here. That's not how kids these days work. They're not. And you, you, you lean back and you smile. It's the truth though. They don't have the social skills to be able to confront somebody and say, I don't think you're doing your job right. I think you need to do better. It doesn't have to be in those exact words. I don't think people have that confrontational or just a hard conversation mindset anymore. So they write it on a keyboard, they send it in a text message, or they talk to the press. I doubt he has talked to anybody on his team. Highly doubt. And this is a direct result of just the culture and the society we live in. I, it, but call me crazy, do you, do you but you it seems doing- like more guys are calling guys out in the media now.
1: That's no, that's totally true. But like, did that when you were in the league 10, 15 years ago? Would would you see a guy say that to someone? Hey, listen, John. Oh, without a doubt, I've had
0: vets say that to me. Yeah. Did you see guys 10, 15 years ago calling people out in the media like it's happening now? It's, It's a weekly event. Yeah. To the extent that we are, it would happen 10, 15 years ago. It would be a blanket statement. It would say, Our team needs to be better. It starts with me. That's how it would go. I need to be better. We all need to be better. Now it is, I'm doing my job. People need to play better, not me. There's a d- distinct difference there. And that's just how it is, Tim. Not my fault. I had my guy. It's their fault. It's not, I'm good. Devin Taves is good, baby. It's Those guys. And I will say this. I don't want to say I told you so. Colorado's in trouble. Did I not say it at the start of the year? You did? They will make the playoffs. They'll be gone first round. And they got the best player, according to Nikita Zorov, on the planet Nathan McKinnon, which I agree. Guy's a stud. Absolute just dynamo. They have nothing behind him.
1: He's got like a 17 point to streak or something right now.
0: That whole line is on fire. It's so fun to watch that line. They actually, you know what? I watched the Chicago Colorado game the other day. Chicago bottomed up pretty good. They had two power play goals, but other than that, the Hawks are solid. Chicago looked uninterested. It's one of the cases where I think they played to their opponent and they just didn't show up. Yeah. Chicago won three two.
1: So good. yeah, I mentioned already the Avalanche are kind of struggling, I thought it might be fun to go through and look at some of the teams that are doing well and the teams that aren't doing as well in both the east and the west. And I'm gonna kinda of do we'll go through this a little bit quickly, but a three up, three down in the east and in the west. So the That's three like up, a
0: baseball referenced him. That's yeah. fun yeah well, you know we like to have fun with it. we do uh, have for, fun i am um, I played windmill baseball growing up. some people call it a women's sport, but that's what I played
1: one never time heard of it
0: so. it's softball the girls pitch oh, you played that growing up oh yeah, all the way until high school. oh man. one time okay. I had my aunt come in from out west um and she said, "I'm going to go watch your game John." I said, "Fantastic, well, let's go." And she said, "Every time you hit a home run, I'll buy you a banana split." Here's how many dingers the big guy hit: five, five nice. stinking home runs, Tim. And you better believe I cashed out on every one of those banana splits that day. <laughs> that fine. day, I oh, went bonkers. Maybe I got some ices with the banana split. I didn't go five banana splits. I was, I was Babe Ruth out there. They didn't have a fence. So I had to hustle around. but It was one of those stadiums where it was like a big patch of grass and four parks on the corners of the, the lot. I was hitting them to the other park, rolling through their infield. Oh,
1: stuck. Well, Absolutely. Just, there was no up three up, three down Baseball. with me.
0: Yeah.
1: Ball okay. was huge, yeah.
0: though. It was easy to hit. Yeah, and, and it was a slow pitch, too. It was windmill. Those guys would whip that thing. My hand yeah, eye okay. was just through the roof. Unbelievable okay. hand eye. I played lacrosse. Can we this just make this a show about how good I am? Oh. Yeah, you know we'll save this for next week. Man, one time I scored a lacrosse goal. is so good. All right, let's go, Tim. Who's up in the East? Let's go.
1: Uh, the Flyers. They've they won seven of the last 10. I think it's time we start talking about them as a playoff team because I haven't, maybe other people are. I, we haven't really done it in the show. I certainly haven't done it. We start still thinking about who they're playing in the first round because that's, that's how no, good they are. Oh, Tim. We John. have
0: 50 games left.
1: John, they're the real deal. That's my point. They're, oh, they're the I know, real deal. but
0: we can't guess who they're going to play in the first. Let's let's get let's get crazy. Right the now, they point. would face off with the Islanders.
1: That's so who the Islanders playing. have won six of the last ten, um, led by oh. Barzal, who's finally he had eighty five points his rookie year. He's finally for the first time on pace to eclipse that. He's on pace for about eighty seven. Um, he's kind of dis- not disappointed, but not lived up to what he did his first year in the in the league. So. Um, they're doing really well, and Sorokin and Varlamov are finally starting to play just a little bit better. Still not up to last year's numbers, but a little bit better. And the third team here on the East is the Capitals. They've won three straight. They're in the first wild card spot. They keep figuring out ways to win. There was a great moment last night with, uh, do you see Lickens and Tom Wilson? He fought Wilson, yeah. And then it cost his team a, a two-on-one, and then next thing you know, the Capitals end up winning because of the penalty that he got. And there's that great photo. Did you see this? Go look it up if you haven't seen it. It's the entire Capitals team celebrating, all cheering and smiling, pointing at Merzlikens as he skates off the ice. It's like a a frame, like go put it on your wall photo if you're a Caps fan. Uh, Really cool. Three down in the east, the Devils. They got spanked by Edmonton last night. They're playing 500 hockey right now. They kind of put together a few wins in a row where you thought, okay, they're going to go on a run, and that stopped. So they're a team that is looking on the outside looking in, and they're struggling a little bit. Well, Dougie's, Dougie's done for the year. Yeah, he might be, that's the other thing, the LTIR, they're going to go up, have some cap room to go get somebody. Um, the Wings have lost four straight, and the question right now, was we said it a couple of weeks ago, where does Kane go at the deadline, and do they trade him? Because hes He's got a no-move clause, so I don't think he
0: will go anywhere, but yeah, he's... He can, you know. The Iserplant stinks. Iserplant. I, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, yeah, I love that. Okay, the Wings stink. Yeah, I think the Devils will, I think they'll turn it around. I think if out of those two teams, they'll turn it around. Who else in the East, Tim? Senators. Let's just—they suck.
1: They're done. They stink. Yeah. they've lost six in a row now. Um, we'll go to the West here. The up, the Jets. The Jets, Jets, Jets. Seven, two, and one in the last ten. In the five games since Kyle Connor went down to injury, they put Velarde on that line with Scheifele and Ealers. They've combined for twenty-five points among the three of them in five games. They're just absolutely lighting it up. Velarde is a point per game on the year after after missing some time due to injury. And meanwhile, Dubois has not been putting up much production at all in, in uh, L. A., which is just crazy. What did I
0: say before the season?
1: You did. He said he's going to okay. be the best player out of the deal.
0: Okay, just just making okay. sure we
1: we document that. The next okay. one up in the west. You're just a
0: stupid goon. You don't know anything. Okay.
1: The Coyotes have won four in a row. They're against bad teams, San Jose, Buffalo, Ottawa, and then San Jose again. But those are eight huge points for that team that is going to need it down the run. So really good stretch there. And Clayton Keller is leading the way, as he usually does. The last team up in the West, the Flames. They've won three straight, including two big wins in Florida, Tampa, and um, the Panthers. Markstrom's 2-1 in December with a shutout. He's actually gotten fewer starts than Bladar. They're probably giving him a little bit of a break, but he's playing really well. He's obviously going to be the number one going down in the second half of the season. And the Flames have something to be excited about. So they're putting together some wins.
0: Yeah, that wild card will be fun in the West. There there are so many teams. And the the Oilers will be there. They have a lot of games in hand on these guys. And they're six, seven points behind. So it's going to be an interesting finish. The Oilers, the Crack and the Wild, the Flames, the Blues, the Yotes, the Predators. That's seven teams that are in the position to get a wild card right now. So I think the top six have distanced themselves. Kings, Knights, Canucks, Jets, Avalanche, Stars—those will be the top six. Mm-hmm. Wow, wild card, Tim. All right, who who's not doing so good in the West?
1: Yeah, it's funny because if you look at the standings this morning, as of today, the twenty-second, like every team in the West has won like the last game. The, everyone, like no one, has lost multiple games in a row, really. So it's it's except, a little bit slimmer pickings, except for a, except, a few teams. The San Jose Sharks. Come on. Right. Four straight losses, but that's yeah. what they want. I would almost put that in the, in the wing <laughs> that's column, what they you know, want. Yeah. Um, they go get the number one overall pick the Avalanche. we already talked about they're struggling. And the third one I mentioned is the Kraken. They've only have three wins in their last 10. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about them. Said the West is up for grabs. There's a lot of spots available and they had an opportunity to string together some wins and, and climb back up the standings. They didn't do it. So I think the Kraken for sure are they're They're out. Uh, anything that's else? On the in good
0: recap tim i, I enjoy cool. it let's do a quick hits brought to you by doordash
1: yeah use promo code nation 25 for 25 percent off and free delivery if you live in canada really just one here um i don't know if you saw this news but the Bally sports regional network reached the deal with 11 nhl clubs to um get the media rights for the rest of the season so they declared bankruptcy a month or two ago it was kind of an unknown sort of a disaster and then at the end of the season um, the rights will transfer back to the league. So it's a good short-term fix. It's good news for the fans. It's good news for the league. But they've got to start over from scratch in the offseason. What, what, what do you make of this for, from the business side? I don't. Know. It gives them an option to sign a bigger
0: deal, maybe a more reputable company, although Bally's was reputable. They were the biggest one going, so I don't really care. I want to give a shout-out to Matt Duchesne. I think he's having a fantastic year with Dallas. I, I watch them. What have we said for years? They have a good first line. They need some depth. They need a second line. Sagan isn't doing it. Jamie Benn hasn't been doing it. He has stepped in, and he's been phenomenal on their second line. We got, They got Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski on the first line. Dallas is my Stanley Cup contender right now. They are my number one team. Really? Yeah. You were higher on them at the beginning of the year. I think they have all the ingredients to make a run and to win the Cup. They, I don't see weakness on this team. I like their defense. Heiskanen, Hakapa, Lindell, Suter. Maybe they can go and get another piece in the back end. Maybe they got a good team. They got a very good team. I thought losing Klingberg might affect them a little bit, but no. This team is solid. Ottinger's starting to round into form. I like Dallas Stars, especially what Duchene has done. He's got a point per game. Dangerous. Nashville bottom out. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Oopsie. No, he Anyways, that's great, all right? I gotta say. I always pay attention to to the the players that come on our show who they name you know who they mention by name and he and Zedora I've mentioned Ottener how well he's played and how good he is so that guy was a little bit of weight so he's a stud the stars are studs I think uh, I think you're right I think they're Game probably changer one yeah top.
0: we should do uh a, in, a, in another week or so we'll do a halfway point who our favorites are and so on and so forth Well, we still had a lot of time to play but unfortunately we don't have a lot of time here Tim we gotta go Christmas is around the corner. Have everybody, everybody have a Merry Christmas, you know, have a good one. Make some memories. We'll talk to you guys. uh, Gosh, I don't know. We're going to take next week off. I need a break. We'll talk to you in the new year.
1: Probably what? We'll, We'll be in Grand Rapids next week.
0: Oh, that's right. We'll be at the GLI. Check us out at the Van Andel arena, the 28th and the 29th. Watch my Michigan Tech Huskies take home gli championships we're going to do a show after the first game 330 so check us out in the concourse come by for a beer say hello take a picture with tim see his fantastic haircut and uh, have some laughs all right everybody have a good christmas cheers thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with john scott a member of the nation network of podcasts subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode